You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 309. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum Here I have an episode for you, a Christmas Day episode, as it turns out, as the calendar allows. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Hope you enjoy. If you remember from last time, I recently finished the book, The Fourth Tourney is Here by Neil Howe, and I discussed it with Aaron last week on episode 308. In that episode, if you haven't had a chance to listen, we talked about the theory of the fourth turning and why it predicts continuing crisis in the 2020s. We gave an overview of the theory and talked about some of the cultural implications of generational theory, why different generations are different, why times change every generation, every 20 years or so, and what that has looked like in the past. Now we're going to get into the future. What does this theory say about what happens in the rest of the crisis, the rest of the fourth turning in the 2020s and early 2030s, and in the future down the line for, you know, the, the, the uh, several decades ahead? So let's bring it up. We have just gone into a cultural discussion of the fourth turning. Now we're going to talk about how will this crisis play out? Because, um, Neil Howe has given several different scenarios here. Um, the, like, this, this is game time. Uh, if, this, if this truly is, look, there's an outside chance that we can get out of the fourth turning without a severe political crisis and, and violence, but it is, it well, is and, unlikely. And, and what would that even mean to, to, to get through the crisis without, I mean, I, I guess the answer is you'd have uh, a a minor crisis or a series of minor crises rather than a, a single severe crisis, but I, it it seems like definitionally you you've got to have something big and dramatic occur. Things things start to break, and like, what if they don't break, but they're still held up by a string? Then okay, then it seems like it, it just takes a little longer, right? Well, right it's yeah, not if, like you got... if we keep slapping duct tape on it, that we we don't we don't get to to pass into, you know. If, if if we put enough enough duct enough duct tape on it, we don't get to to pass to the high, uh, you know, with, without paying the penalty. Uh, right. It just it just means that we're, you know, we're, we're stretching out that that uh, that generation yeah. that that period uh, uh, until we get to the real break. And, and you you hear that uh, you hear that sometimes in economic discussion that uh, the longer you you put off a recession by you know whether it's manipulating interest rates or or, or other maneuvers. It just means that that you're gonna have a bigger fall when it hits, and it you you can't you can't outrun it forever. Right, right. And so, uh, a fourth turning is it's not a cultural upheaval; it's a political upheaval. And so, um, institutions are going to be remade. Now, what are institutions? It's not necessarily political institutions, but it could be. It could be international agreements and relationships. It could be the way government works. It's not like you know. The Constitution was created several fourth turnings ago, uh, the U.S. government. And so fourth turnings have seen a reinvention of the U.S. government, but not necessarily an overturning I mean, we, of the whole. We certainly have, have – there was a period where uh, there was a lot of speculation about the EU completely collapsing. There was Brexit, and uh, there was there was talk of, of other nations potentially wanting to exit the EU. And that yeah. would have uh, dramatically reshaped the face of Europe and, by extension, uh, the – 
the global economy. I, I guess my point is, like, what are we putting duct tape on? Because, um, you know, fourth turnings uh, break a lot of things, but they don't break everything. And mm. so that's that's kind of a that, that that's an interesting. There are things you could duct tape through a, a few a few different saculums, perhaps. <laughs> uh, you know, and so it's interesting to see what uh, what what clears the way. So so we we could get away with uh, with putting some things off for the future. Um, and in fact, that's a big problem because you go into a high, and if you are if you want to keep on like. If if you want to like overturn the consensus of society in a high, uh, politically, that's just very difficult to do. You're you're just you've missed your window, um, and so that's uh, um, that's the, you're going to have to wait. We probably don't have to wait till the next. Well, you're probably not keen on waiting till the next generation, but you're basically going to have to figure out how to live with the 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 hand you were dealt, which um, because you can't make changes in the high and the awakening, but it's just they're different. Um, Okay, so well, interestingly enough, like civil rights movement was an awakening uh, movement, mm. not a not a fourth turning movement. Um, so, uh, so there's that. Um, okay, so and and if you look at the civil rights uh, movement of the sixties and seventies, a lot of religious themes. Um, you know, so it wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't just a pure political movement. Um, Okay, so um, but you know there are political changes in the second movement, uh, second turning, just like there are cultural changes in the fourth turning, and this is something that I have a hard time wrapping my head around with this because it's like okay, you know we have uh, we have big changes twice in the saculum, which which are going to fall. I feel like the type you can expect in the awakening is different than the type you can expect in the crisis, but there's some overlap there that I have not that I'm not quite comfortable prognosticating yet if that makes sense okay um okay I hopefully I'm not uh hopefully that makes <laughs> sense I'm not uh but uh let, let's talk about uh the first possibility which is civil war civil conflict you know we had one uh two turnings ago in this in the American Civil War uh we had one three turnings ago in the Revolutionary War uh which in many ways, was also a civil war because there were, you know, uh, there were uh, Tories on the American right. side there was, fighting too. Know, lo loyalists and and separatists. And interestingly enough, the 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 next political conflict, which was resolved peacefully between the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist, which uh, uh, which he also puts in the Fourth Turning, uh, you know, uh, was was also an internal conflict. Um, and then three. Three crises ago, three saculum ago, uh, there were there was a bunch of crazy stuff going on with the Puritans and the British, which I, I'm not qualified to to speak on. Now, are, are we but, looking back at, at English Civil War or further yeah. back than that? Okay. No, uh, yeah, this would be the Glorious Revolution of 1688, which also included uh, a period where the I believe it was the English Crown tried to. Um, take direct control over the colonies and there was kind of a mini revolt. It wasn't like mm. American Revolutionary War, whereas we should be independent. It was like, no, uh, we should have this political relationship with you and not that political relationship with you. There's also, when did Connecticut hide those kings that were... Uh, um, or the, the, the judges. Oh yeah, the, 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 the judges that were beheaded. I think that was also around 
the same time. Yeah, yeah. that would that would make sense. Um, and th- and that's what what it eventually caused was it New Haven to lose their charter. Yeah, yeah. So we would I I would currently be living in the state of New Haven, <laughs> if uh, if this didn't happen. Um, oh yes. So this is at the beginning of that fourth turning, where the king was actually beheaded in 1649. Um, and so I guess that went all is the that way. That one up of the Charleses. Like, yeah. I guess that went all the way up to like 1688. So that was like a 30-year crisis. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, the, 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 the judges We are spoiled in, in our modern era. And, and may, maybe, maybe not if we consider the uh, Iraq War II leading into or, and Afghanistan and the global war on terror as, as all being part of the same thing. But, uh, you know, a 30 years war, a 100 years war uh, was not unusual um we've we've allowed ourselves to to define what wars look like by how long was afghanistan one world war well uh it was about 20 years right yeah although not a war that we had to particularly worry about well yeah it it depends 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 on on who you are but yes it it was it and in the same way i i mean i i I haven't read much recently on on some of those conflicts, but certainly the Hundred Years' War was not a hundred years of constant conflict. Right. Um, Neither you know, was thirty. It, it years ebbed work. and flowed, uh, but but it, it it didn't resolve itself, uh, you know, for for decades. Um, and yeah. so I think we're we're perhaps spoiled by World War One and World War Two, which as as ugly as they were, uh, they had. Clear beginnings, clear endings, and those beginnings and endings were, you know, half a half a decade apart, roughly. Um, right. So, it, per, per, perhaps, uh, yeah, and I've I've heard it said that that in in many ways the twentieth century is an anomaly, uh, and that uh, we're we're we can expect some reversion to the mean of what history is is typically like uh, in the twenty first century. Um, I don't think that necessarily pairs up with uh, what what uh, what Strauss and Howe laid out, but uh, maybe an interesting counterpoint there. Yeah. So, did you see the uh, the Civil War trailer that came out for twenty twenty four? Yeah, that's, uh, that's been uh, getting a lot of buzz uh, in in certain corners of the internet here in, yeah. in December. Of is it a warning? Is it just a, is it a possibility? What I find interesting about the trailer is that they're like Texas and California are on the same side, which people speculate is just they don't want to actually get into politics. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, or, I've heard the, the theory that, well, per, perhaps that is uh, to, to make it so that it is not purely a red tribe versus blue tribe that, that, that can make some deeper commentary without getting caught up in that. Uh, yeah. They've also, someone else also said, and, and again, I don't know if this is uh this is offensive or, 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 or like the, the only possible way to get this to work. Well, yes, those are the drug car where the drug cartels ended up. Huh. Uh, which, you know, I, I could see that. Um, well, there's, uh, there's certainly a, a significant portion of uh, of U.S. military uh, uh, e- equipment and personnel uh, concentrated in those two states. Uh, so, yeah, per- perhaps that's a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, the other possibility is an international war. And by the way, it's not either or. <laughs> he makes that case. <laughs> could be both. Well, um, and and if we look back to the American Revolution. Uh, from from as Americans, we view that as very much an American conflict. But that was just one piece in a global war that was going on at that point. Yeah, uh, largely between the the French and and the British. 
Um, we we it, were almost a a you know a, a back alley side brawl that that was going on from their perspective. It really does seem like the international order is breaking um, across the. Uh, uh, across the way. And I, you know, I mean, we, we've had episodes about that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to link to the episode about the Ukraine war and about the uh, Israel-Gaza uh, war. You know, uh, the first one, the Ukraine war was episode 214. And the, uh, uh, the uh, war in Gaza uh, well, I guess it was in Israel at, at the time we were talking about it, and now is in Gaza, is uh, episode 300. So I am going to, um, I'm going to put those in. So far, those wars seem contained to just their particular area, but they're all proxies for the major powers around it. And are we just going to have an expanded proxy war, or could this actually turn into a true great power war? Yeah, well, and... and uh... Uh, I think it was I, I I think I'd mentioned on previous episodes uh, some of the the writings from uh, Peter Zahan uh, that uh, he's he's talked a lot about uh, America potentially pulling back in their role of enforcing the global order and how uh, that is is very much a linchpin uh, for the stability of of globalization um, that that you you pull out one of those Jenga blocks. And, and all of a sudden, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but there's a lot of domino effects that dramatically impact uh, nations, which, which you would not think of as, as necessarily being uh, explicitly impacted by American action or inaction. Um, yeah, so, so there's, there's and, and I, I think it, uh, I saw a news story just recently that, uh, was it Maersk, uh, one of the, the large global uh, international sh- uh, sea shipping companies, has decided not to bring uh, their cargo through uh, through the Red Sea or, or, or is, is, is the Red Sea the one that feeds into the Suez Canal? I think it is. Uh, um, yes, yes. And, with the, Yemen. and the the uh, the cited example was, uh, I, I think the article said, despite the presence of two U.S. aircraft carriers in the region, um, which, of course, the counter argument is uh Perhaps it is because of the presence of two U.S. aircraft carriers in the region. Um, previously, a lot of the talk of, of you know, international order stability has been focused on piracy. Uh, but if you see uh, more regional and international conflicts flaring up, uh, that, that's going to have a dramatic impact there as well. So we, we might be seeing the first hints of that uh, as, as we speak. So we get a new global order. Um, now, these fourth turning wars, these get nasty. These are not just well, – they, they and, don't – when you say new global order, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, the, the U S will step back and China will step into their role. Um, it, it's, it's much it, messier. We could be moving from a, a, even if that's the story, it's much messier than, well, yeah, than... It, it could be moving from a ostensibly unipolar, uh, world where, where the U S is, is the great hegemon. Um, it, it may be moving to a bipolar world like we had during the cold war. Uh, it could be tripolar. It could be, uh, you know, no, one one or two big players, but then a a band of smaller players that have a a, a third influence. It, it it could be any number of of cases, and nobody uh, that that is not a clean, peaceful transition. It will be a very messy transition to figure out who sits in what seats at that table, whatever that you know that future table looks like. Yeah, and so what was the last table? That would be, uh, was it like 
Yalta or I get those confused Yalta and Potsdam or were, were those both? Uh, um, yeah, there's, so there was Yalta, Potsdam and, and oh, there was, there was one other, but yeah, where the, uh, the Marshall plan, the, the, the three uh, allied leaders sat down and, and planned out not just how we were going to, to finish uh, off, off the Germans and the Japanese and end the war, but what the post-war world was going to look like, how it was going to be carved up ostensibly. So there are moments in the fourth turning where basically the next 80 years are decided by like five people at a table in like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it may be, maybe a little bit more than that, but you know that that, that, that kind of thing is, is known to happen. I mean, maybe a little more than 10 minutes, maybe a little more than five people have input, but um, that's probably not too far off. Um. Yeah, it's it's the the uh, Strauss-Howe generational theory does not necessarily uh, is not necessarily incompatible with the idea of of you know the great man theory of history uh, that that there can be very very influential very important uh, individuals who shape history within the shape within the 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 template of uh, of this right. generational theory. You can't be like. Well, so and so came around and did this, and that prevented the nomad generation from appearing. Like that—that's that, not going to happen. So you can't—you um, can't stop the—can't stop the the turnings. Um, okay, so yeah, like I was saying, these conflicts in the fourth turning—they're not. We're used to having conflicts that don't resolve. Um, in the last for, in the last turning, uh, before World War II, we had World War One, which resolved, but. Eh, it didn't really resolve. There was no, I think that the, um, I think that many of the political leaders after World War One thought that they were creating a uh, uh, a new stable order, but they really weren't. They were just like, this is what feels good right now, and and we're going to do it. And the war, which is you know what what they needed to do, but it was the unfortunately it was the wrong turning to to uh, to put an end to the conflict once and for all. And so you needed World War II uh, to get that way. By the way, World War II, you know, most of the inventions, um, you know, that we use today came out of World War II. And in fact, I'm going to go into another episode. Uh, I'm going to link to another episode, and this would be uh, the Chris Wiggins on data science. Uh, yes, because they wrote a book about the history of data science. It turns out that most of the important stuff, most of the important changes uh, occurred during World War II. So, um, so yeah, th those wars were like total, um, and it completely upends the order, uh, just like, you know, the Civil War um, completely overturns the, the system of, of slavery in the South, even if it ended up in a place where, you know, you didn't quite get the society you would want um, in the South, but, you know, by, by, by the end of Reconstruction, it really did overturn uh, the agrarian uh, uh, society, the agrarian slave society that had, well, yeah, had before. Dis disruption does not always yield the the desired results, but it does. It absolutely leads to change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so <laughs> what does that mean for the future? I mean, I uh, there is an outside chance we escape this. Um, either this whole theory is BS, number one, or number two, <laughs> the the other chance we escape this is that. Uh, we're able to somehow because of the technological state we're in or because of the, you know, because of a few, uh, you know, uh, the decisions of a few people, 
we could somehow make these changes without mass violence. But well, yeah, I, I mean, say, it does I'm, not look I'm gonna, good. I'm going to jump the gun and mention something that, that yeah. uh, well, you, 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 you could go ahead. dropped a hint about it already. But, uh, you know, let's assume for the moment that this theory is, is solid uh, and, and proven out. Um, there, there are, perhaps there are things that could break the theory going forward. Um, not, not that it's BS, but, but that there could be uh, such a dramatic paradigm shift that it no longer applies. And so I'm thinking that, you know, if, if we see something that actually looks like the, uh, the AI singularity that, that some uh, forecasters have talked about in the past, uh, that, that could negate a lot of this going forward. Okay, um, but that's, that's not slated to happen during the fourth turning. No, I, I wouldn't expect it. Uh, we could be surprised, but yeah, I certainly wouldn't count on or, it. Or it would come out at the fourth turning. It would be the resolution of the fourth mm. turning. But in which case, it doesn't break the the generational um, codes right away. But how would that break the generational codes? It would still be the case that these that you would grow up um, in in a world that was influ- with a worldview influenced by you know the the the, the previous well, I, generations. I, I, think, of I think the way that this could well and truly get broken is uh, if, if we're looking at uh, advances in longevity uh, and, and that, that, you know, okay. bordering on immortality where all of a sudden the human lifespan is no longer bounded by that 80 to hundred year window. Uh, and, and maybe the generational theory would take on a, a new uh, context with, with much longer timelines. Uh, but yeah, uh, if, if we're not seeing uh, that, that, regular pattern occur anymore then you, you you can't reasonably apply the same uh theories to to, to that environment. right so if, no no if, he if does we have write... a breakthrough and we double the human lifespan yeah. in you know it, by 2030 then then that, that would throw a lot of things out of whack here right uh i think you would still see changes and shifts over time as as he said it's hard to predict uh how that would change but he does uh address the facts not necessarily changing lifespans but well, maybe this this goes into cha- to changing life sands. Like uh, people, generations are staying relevant much longer. Hmm. Um, interestingly, there's always like a generation that had lived through the previous crisis, and they so, were so children. You mentioned these as as was it the the elder? Uh... Yeah, the late elders. The late elders. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like the silent generation today. Some are still around, um, and. The point he was making, at least this was true for World War II, is that there were still Civil War vets around uh, during World War II. And, or not, not Civil, well, Civil War vets, but yes, but, that, but there were also people who were children during the Civil War. Hmm. Okay. And they were kind of, they were very nervous because um, they were children during the Civil War. They saw that thing as like adults handled that. And now they're elders late elders, and they see this new conflict coming around, and they're like, oh, I don't know if we're up for doing what we, we did back then. Now, he also pointed out there were a few guys still alive who fought in the Civil War, and they were like 105, and, <laughs> and people were going to them for, uh, 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 you know, uh, Advice or prognostication, well, you did it then. What do you think is going to happen now? And they're like, oh, we're not going to have a problem with this. We're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to whip them back to, you know, using a, um, you know, using some derogatory terms for the Japanese. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're, you know, <laughs> you know, we're going to wipe them clean, I, you know. Well, so uh, I, I wonder how much of that is, is uh, uh, survivorship bias is maybe the wrong term, but Victor bias that, you hmm. know, if, if, uh, let, let's let's 
Oh yeah, look, I'm Let, not saying that they were- Let's do things for a moment and say- uh, Just let, to point in a second, I'm not saying that, the, well, yes, it, it was true that America won the war, but I think it all, it, 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 I'm not saying that the, the previous hero generation was right and the previous silent generation is always wrong. It's just they looked at the f- new conflict very differently. Yeah. But, well, yeah I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe, you know, we, we, we have a uh, v- v- very shrinking number of people uh, who fought in World War II who are still alive today. Right. Um, uh, now, if uh, let's but place plenty ourselves of people who are, in plenty of people in, who are alive. Sure. Let's let's place ourselves in Germany for a moment. Uh, and uh, let's let's uh, stipulate that that, you know, hypotheticals here that uh, Russia has a, a major breakthrough in Ukraine uh, and Ukraine topples uh, and falls to to an ascendant Russia. And all of a sudden, things are looking a little bit sketchier in uh, in Europe uh, that that uh, NATO is a little bit more concerned. I wonder what the uh, the viewpoint of uh, the the Germans still alive who fought in and lost World War Two would be in the context of what the future holds with uh, a, a Russian Russian uh, is it the Russian bear at their door? Um, yeah, I that 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 that's a a curious uh, alternate alternate history alternate future. Uh, uh, scenario that uh yeah yeah that it's i mean i i don't how, know if those people would be very willing to uh to yeah. go on the record and talk about that uh, but how they must have reinterpreted in their their military service for the nazis to live their long life i i don't you know i yeah it, 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 it's a very interesting question actually i don't you know I, I guess you could start by looking at the silent generation at the time, but they're going to be a very different, <laughs> they're going to have a very different uh, opinion. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'd like to know. Um, I'd like to know. Uh, I don't know. What do you think their, their position would be like, it, uh, you know, it wouldn't be, Oh, well, right. Cause they, they lost last time. So they might think, well, I'll probably lose this time. Yeah. Well, and, and, and not only did they lose, but depending on, on where they ended up in, you know, on, on, on the east side or the west side of Germany, mm. uh, their experience under uh, what I guess was at that point Soviet uh, uh, dominion, uh, I, I would expect, would dramatically shape their. Now, and maybe that would that would make them, uh, uh, you know, a little bit black pilled in in the sense of uh, you know, well, this this is going to go very poorly for us because uh, we've been there, we've lived through that. Uh, or, or perhaps it might uh, give them an incentive that yeah, it went really badly last time, so we need to absolutely make sure it doesn't happen again. Hmm. Um, but, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm wildly speculating at this point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, one fourth turning political development that um, uh, that Howe goes into uh, that is not about mass violence and was resolved peacefully uh, was the Constitutional Convention, and so uh, that is a possible blueprint out of this, although uh, the Constitutional Convention took place after the Revolutionary War, so there was a lot of violence uh, during that turning. It was just part of it, the, the, the last part of it, where it, it ended up at the resolution, uh, was not. Um, so, um, so but, but still, it might be a good example of, hey, not everything is like... Uh, 
uh, guns and deaths and, and stuff mm. like that. Um, so he, he places the Constitutional Convention as the ultimate resolution of the fourth turning of the Revolutionary War. I might have thought of it as kind of a first turning event, but you know, he, he, interpret, he knows what he's doing, I assume. He, he, he interprets it at the end of the fourth turning. Um, I'll post the, a link to what we've said about the Constitutional Convention, but that's another case where, you know, okay, it wasn't five people and 10 minutes, but it was still like, you know, I don't know how many people were there. There were like 30 people over a summer uh, trying to figure out how the U.S. is going to work for the next hundred, several hundred years. Right, And, and, and uh, you could certainly couch that as this was a, a moment where uh, the, the fledgling nation was, was uh, poised to, to tear itself apart over some of these, these key questions, key disagreements about yeah. uh, what form it should take. Uh, and and it was only when they came out of that with the Constitution that they the crisis had been averted and they were able to move into the the next period of stability, which yeah, uh, well then the, the the period of good feelings as as he's labeled it. Yeah, which which again a little bit misnamed because in our history books that comes uh, that's only the tail end of it after the War right. of eighteen twelve. Uh, but yeah, the the Articles of Confederation then the pre Constitution times would have been considered fourth turning times. Which, I, from what I read, they were kind of disastrous. So maybe, maybe they were fourth turning times. And so the fourth turning war occurred early, but the political resolution occurred a bit later, which is, which is kind of interesting. Which is a, a good reminder that uh, you know, we, winning the war is one thing, but, but winning the peace or, or achieving the peace after the war yeah. is much more complicated. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen that in our last couple of decades and in uh you know the middle east and and uh southeast asia but yeah south southwest asia uh but uh but those were second and third turning wars domestically as well in 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 that um it's 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 not enough to uh to to win on the battlefield you that you then have to find a way to to transition into the next phase there yeah yeah so what do we have to look forward to the first and second turning right uh, so interestingly enough, um, Neil Howe places the Salem witch trials, the witch burnings, McCarthyism, and the Alien and Sedition Acts, which were, um, which was uh, uh, a bunch of uh, censorship put forth by the Federalist Party in the U.S. Uh, after the after after the Constitution was went into effect, um, as kind of early first turning moral panics. So I I always thought the witch burning was during the fourth turning. Really, it was he places it in the first turning. Again, hmm. it's easy to quibble what where it is, but it's either late fourth turning or early first turning. Um, and actually, all of these things are kind of early, early. For, if if he's indeed right, it's first turning. It's early first turning. So you have these kind of moral panics during the high, where you continue to have mass censorship, which. We've had now, although with Elon Musk buying Twitter, and now the other day with Alex Jones coming back on, it seems like a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the censorship well, that we've and, had is and did overturned. I hear, but did, did I hear that Kanye bought par- Parler or something? Oh, uh, that was probably a while ago. That's not as relevant. Now. Okay, <laughs> but you know, uh, first turning can have its own brand of political authoritarianism, and I kind of wonder. I think it's hard to know how that would play out. Uh, until the uh, resolution kind of plays out. But what ends up happening in the, in the first turning is, uh, so the first turning might take a while to, to get to because he points out the difference in the generations. 
a lot of people assume that the boomers are just going to go off to retirement community and have fun uh, because they're getting old. That's what old people do, right? No, that's what old silent generation people do. The boomers don't want to do that. They want to stick around and stay involved and make sure that their you know, moral crusade has come through. So they're, they're not going to... Um, they're not going to let go. Um, you know, those retirement communities that became so popular over the last couple generations in, um, in Arizona and Florida, he predicts are not going to be as popular uh, with the boomer generation. So they're going to stick around for a while. Um, what, what was that? Right. So, so this, it might take a while before the boomers are not relevant. Uh, it, for, they will be relevant for the foreseeable future. You, you can't, and particularly since people are living much longer. Yeah, uh, we, we, it, it's going to take a lot longer to get like into the meat of the first turning than than you might like. But well, and, and but I'm, I guess the point is the, the point I was I was working towards here, <laughs> which I which I got is that um, you know once the the nomad generation kind of uh, enters elderhood and then the the silent generation enters or young adulthood, which is, or the artist generation, I guess the homelanders, you get a much more moderate society. People are not interested in, um, in adopting, you know, slogans and stuff that are just there to like get a rise out of people, which seems like half the stuff you see on Twitter. And like, I don't think you might have a similar movement to Black Lives Matter. I don't think that the slogan of the first turning for that same movement, perhaps, would be Black Lives Matter. They, they would try to choose something that's a little bit more unifying. Hmm. Well, your, your comment about the, the boomers, uh, and, and how they're, they're, they're not, they're not shuffling off anytime soon. Um, reminded me of, I'm, I'm, I'm not an economist, but, uh, I've, I've heard it, uh, suggested that the passing of the boomers is going to be the, the greatest transfer of wealth that our nation has ever seen, uh, in that, uh, the, the boomer generation has accumulated, uh, Lots of resources, um, and and perhaps this is part of why uh, the millennial generation and and uh, the the homelander generation feel uh, that they're unable to get ahead in the world that that, that they don't have the uh, ability to to accumulate in the same way that that uh, that the boomers have. Uh, but the boomers can't take it with them, and so uh, when when they do uh, pass on, uh, those re those those resources are going to you know come back onto the market essentially and be freed up. Uh, and uh, whether that gets transferred to their children or, or you know, pushed out into the, the, the open market, it's, it's going to uh, have a, a significant impact on, uh, on both, uh, you know, hard and soft assets. And that, that, that could be a triggering of a crisis in its own right. Yeah, I feel like at this rate, that's not going to start happening for another like 20 years. Uh, <laughs> but, well, maybe, maybe. Well, yeah, because I, I think we're, we're, we're probably past the uh the 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 peak point where boomers uh, of boomers retiring that 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 more of them are probably out of the workforce than in it now uh but they they've they've set themselves up for uh, a a comfortable uh and and uh you know from their perspective hopefully long retirement yeah um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah well i guess if you're retirement they're drawing down wealth so that's opportunities for others. All right. And then, of course, after that, when, when we're the elders, it'll be the second turning and uh, our whole cultural world will be overturned. Kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but, you know, don't don't hold on, you know, don't hold your breath because it's going to be a while. <laughs> but um, uh, how predicts that 
millennials and homelanders will wonder why their kids aren't as close to them as they are to their parents culturally, because we'd be in an awakening. Um, okay, he didn't talk that much about AI and cryptocurrency, which and and general AI or the uh, the the like you said the um, uh, the singularity and all that. Uh, um, I think that's a very important part of the the story. What he does mention is, you know, technology fits the time. So, for example, in the 1920s, the automobile is seen as uh, an expression of individualism, uh, individual freedom. In the 1950s, the automobile is a symbol of um, uh, conformity. Likewise, uh, I think the Internet in the 1990s was seen as a symbol of um, uh, of individual freedom in the in the in the, it yeah, was, in the 1980s. It was the digital wild west. Yeah, yeah, and it was a symbol of of liberation. Uh, today, in the twenty twenties, in the fourth turning, it's it's kind of become the symbol of oppression. Um, it's well, it, it's it's that that uh, whether you call it Web two point or three point but yeah. you know, it's become uh, a. a uh, a corporate garden or, or yeah. you know, the, a, a corporate playground and not, uh, not the realm of, of eccentric individuals. Right. And so that, that will remain into the first turning, but perhaps it'll be more a symbol of conformity. It won't be like everyone shouting at each other, you know, mainly because probably they've sanitized it further, which I don't know how I think about, feel about that. But, that's, uh, but at least it won't, be, um, it won't be used for kind of the kind of radical bomb throwing that that it is today which again if if you feel that society needs radical bomb throwing that's not good for you either uh, but you know <laughs> well and, and i think that fits in with what you were talking about before with with you know the witch burnings and mccarthyism that that the the first turning uh could could very well have with it a a authoritarian streak or or authoritarian authoritarian yeah. element. interestingly though uh, and, i and should that, point that out maybe uh you know in a form yeah. of of some sort of sen- digital censorship or or digital control yeah. I should point out all of those examples were were somewhat temporary. Um, all of those examples lasted for two years at most um, until things reverted back to the mean. So it's kind of like a so the, the first turning doesn't. Well, I mean, I, I guess the witch burning kind of went overboard. And uh, but, you know, it didn't if you started with the witch burning, you said, wow, this is really bad. You predicted out five years we'd be in like a authoritarian kind of um, Orwellian society of witch burners. That's not what happened. It kind of like uh, burned itself out, so to speak. Flamed out, yeah. Yeah, same with McCarthyism, same with the Alien and Sedition Act. They lost the election, you know. So um, so at least there's that. But different kinds of things will be censored on the internet than are censored today. And different kinds of things will be promoted on the internet than then than they are today. There, there could almost be like an, an inversion of. Well, and, and certainly, you know, if you'd asked us 10 years ago or, or absolutely 20 years ago, you know, what kind of things would be, would be censored on the internet today? Uh, I, I don't think we would have been able to make very, very accurate guesses. True. Uh, I mean, there's, there's probably some stuff that, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, certain you know child pornography and stuff well that that that's a gimme that that was that was already you know stuff that that was certainly being tried to to eliminate back then uh but but the stuff that that is getting people wound up today uh is i i, I don't think we would have uh been able to predict that very very easily right 10 20 years ago so what 
what what are we missing looking looking at another 10 or 20 years ahead of us here right i mean i i want to kind of come to a to a prediction with this because it, you know it it almost seems like there'll be like guardrails on on tone and um and like the the proper way to have a conversation online. So you, you don't think that's an aspect that's going to flame out, that 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 may be something that's well with us to stay. Um. Yeah, but uh, so if there's kind of a moral panic around it, similar to the ones in the past, that it'll only let it'll they'll go overboard for a couple of years, and then they'll. Uh, I I so, well, I don't know how well how much this applies to uh, to. The world at large, or, or or kind of the even the internet at large, but it certainly seems like there's been a moral panic about biases in in AI or, or specifically in LLMs, uh, which is literally you know involved them putting up uh, li- literally metaphorically uh, actually putting up met- metaphorical guardrails on things that the LLM can and can't do, can and can't say. Uh, do we think that that's a a long term approach, or is that a very temporary phase here? Uh, and we're going to come out the other side, and and there'll be a, you know kind of a break on the hold of, of who, who can uh, you know, train and control LLMs and and set those weights and and train those those guardrails into it, uh, and and it'll be become impossible to control that, yeah. or is that going to be a baked in feature of uh, these these large language models for decades to come? Well, uh, if we go by this theory, we are we're not going back to the '90s, that's for sure. Hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I think for the time being, um, you've got some control, but it's hard to, it's hard to imagine what the story is going to actually be on that one. Um, so I, I, I don't know if there's anything else I could say about this other than, um, I think we should do some more shows on AI and crypto and talk about the fourth turning as we have in the past, because I think that, um, I think that's what we're really good at here in the local maximum. So well, we and, do and, some more shows and- I'm thinking, you know, the the easy question to ask is, you know, so what what should I do to better prepare to survive the crisis and and make my way into the into the uh, uh, what is it the, the high? Uh, yeah, I hope is, is this all useless uh, information for? But, but <laughs> I, I hope not. I don't think it is. Well, and and, and I don't have a good answer but, to that. But but yeah. the 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 other question to, that 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 I'm thinking of you know, as as a father, uh, what do I have to be doing to best mold? My children, the the the, the who, who I assume are, are members of that that uh, homeland generation, uh, so that they can effectively meet the challenges uh, when when their generation is ascendant. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think how how do we how do we fulfill our our mentor role, uh, not just our our uh, our leadership role? So um, I so you can't like go against the grain and you know of, of the generations, but I think one of the thing that are one of the things that's really helpful about studying this stuff is that it kind of gets you out of your um, of your generational mindset. So, for example, silent uh, generation uh, folks and 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 more generally artist generations that the homelanders are, they tend to and, and we'll see if it plays out. But you know, whereas Gen Xers like to start new companies and and consult into an individual basis. Artist generations tend to like to join larger organizations and just kind of be, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, j- just just uh, kind of work in, in groups like that. And so, 
Um, I guess there's sort of a, I guess there's just sort of a realization that like, you know, you might think this is the right way to do it because this is how I grew up. But like, uh, you know, the, the, the next few generations are going to be very different. And the, the relationship between the next generation and you is not exa- an, an interpolation of the relationship between you and your parents, a generation. Right. You know, and so it's, it's, it's a reaction it's, to it, if anything. Right. But it's not the same direction. You might be think, well, my parents are like this and I'm like that. So the next generation is going to be like that squared. Right. Uh, that's right. not exactly. It, it's a circle. See, so it's um, it's it's uh, you can't it, square the circle. Yeah, it's going to be a little interesting. Um, um, and also, like, you know, I think the, um, you know, we grew up in a time that was very individualistic. And, you know, I still strongly believe in, um, you know, in individual freedom, individual liberties and all that. But you have to realize that, like, the and, and, and you could have that at, at any turning and any social attitudes, but you also have to be more open to the fact that people want to, that different, at different times, uh, the groups of people alive at that time are going to want to uh, use these freedoms a different way, whether it's to, you know, join, uh, go, go it alone or join large organizations or, you know, whether you want to kind of fight the prevailing uh, attitudes or, um, so, so or, would you or, say or conform that- to them. Yeah. That we we can look forward to in 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 our our old age seeing a uh, a uh, unstoppable wave towards more centralization and more co- you know kind of collectivism uh, or is that overreading the tea leaves here? Well, that's that's going to fall apart at the second turning. So, mm. um, in, in you know, in <laughs> for the foreseeable future, yes, but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be um, economic. So it. It doesn't mean it's going to be kind of econ- like socialism in the in the sense that the, the government is going to take over, but it might be the sense of well, like the return of the of the you know career in a large organization or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, um, yeah, and then uh, I think that free markets can survive uh, a first turning, uh, can survive the saculum. I don't know if communism or fascism, for that matter, could survive the saculum because it always seems to fall apart uh, during an awakening uh, when people want uh, more kind of individual choices, which, you know, under a free society, you could have that. Uh, You could have more choices. You could have less choices. Let the people decide. Uh, Under a communist society, for example, you, you have to really change the system in order to do that. And that could either be, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union uh, is with Russia, or it could be like you know the the reforms in China with Deng Xiaoping, mm. which occurred in the second and third turning. In China, now China's become more dictatorial, uh, but that's you know that's because we're in the wrong turning for that. So uh, those that's why that that's kind of my theory that I'm working on in my head, where those economic systems don't don't last the saculum. Interesting. Any reaction to that, Aaron? Before we uh, yeah, so I, I guess I, I I had something and and it escaped me here. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll head out. Any 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 more questions for me before we head out for the day? I know we've done two shows so far, so 
Oh, I'm really trying to pull up what 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 was at the tip of my tongue before. Do you remember what it had to do with? Yeah, it it it, it had to do with with what we were talking about with the the uh, kind of millennials and homelanders, uh, and and parents. Were, oh, I I know where I was going with this. Okay, okay. so what what if anything does does uh, how have to t- to say about kind of uh, the the multi generational family because. Um, uh, we we've well I've certainly been an example of you know I I leave home I move away uh, it's not that I never see my my parents but my my parents are not a day to day influence on my children and so uh, they're not getting that direct uh, uh, knowledge transfer and I think that's pretty common for at least here in America uh, that that uh, people are are because of the way we've we've migrated internally uh yeah that 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 there's it's it's rare to have a uh a household or a community where you have those three generations or or even four generations under the same roof uh which which maybe uh 50 years ago was significantly more likely to occur um is that something that that he potentially sees pendulum swinging back or yeah. is that a, a one-way ratchet? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know what he says about today. I think, I think, well, I think, I, he's, I think he claims I, I think he's, he's already talked, been swinging back. He, he's, he's talked in the past because it would have been well after the first book. But yeah. uh, I, I think, I think we, we discussed perhaps the, the, the idea of, oh, you know, millennials or, or some of, uh, of, of the, what, what he's now referring to as the Homelander generation, you know, having to move back in with their parents after, after college uh, and, and the effect that that's had. Um, yeah, no, I think he does point to the fact again with with the boomers is that they are in relation to the people who came before them, they are more likely to want to hang out with people not their own age. Hmm. So boomers might be a part of this return to multi generational family. Um, now that might be not be true in every case, uh, but I don't know what the full data says, but that that's what. Um, that's what Hal has said in the book. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, I don't know. It's, the, I, I think a lot of people are pil- feeling the pull of, of kind of family life, where it's like you kind of, you go out in the world and you and you work and, you sort of realize that um, oh, a lot of these connections are just are not as strong. <laughs> There's a lot of problems that come up. <laughs> well, yeah, so you, you already you mentioned po- possibly a, a the fourth turning. You, you realize you can't rely career. on people. Yeah, um, and and that may take the form in in uh, well, not I, just I, a career, but like a, a, a like like staying at a company or big. Organization. That, that's exactly what I interpret. Or maybe it's you, just a system. As, yeah, as saying, uh, but but part of that may also be um, we've we've taken a, a very kind of a mercenary approach in in the last couple of decades with. You know, it's it's much more acceptable for people to hop from company to company. There's no loyalty there, uh, so so the the that leads to a a very you know career first or or job first approach to to how you're living your life because um, you're chasing uh, you know the bigger better opportunity all the time, um, and that perhaps a, a a move back into a more traditional long long serving career with a a you know stable with a single company. 
may may lead to uh, the ability to have less of a a focus on work and career to the exclusion of other things to a a stronger you know, kind of family life balance. Uh, now maybe I could that's see... just wishful thinking, but but no. I, I can kind of picture that. I, I could I could picture that as a backlash as well, and then of course you could picture the backlash to the backlash few generations hence where they're like this is really restricting well and and there there could absolutely be an aspect of that that involves uh you know fewer two uh two income households uh where uh one parent decides to uh to to stay home and and raise the children or 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 be more involved in that aspect of that and that may or may not have uh you know kind of uh pendulum swings in terms of of you know conservative values versus uh, more progressive ones, uh, but there's certainly ways you could go in that direction without it being all about you know gender roles and and traditional conservatism. Yeah, although uh, gender roles do uh, make a comeback uh, at the end of the fourth turning, um, so that's this, well, I, there, according to how. Look, I don't know if any of this will happen, but that's that's there, sort of. There's a, certainly uh, in the zeitgeist now. Now, what what making a comeback? means ostensibly is it's going to be very different than it does debate yeah. but it's going to be very different than what it meant in 1946 I'm it's it's very sure. much a, a, a topic of tension yeah yeah uh that 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 is for sure but maybe it would just be you know stronger family roles you know where we're just like you know people are more focused because we don't growing up we never heard like Here's how a good family works. We basically heard the message of, yeah, you know, it just whatever works, just do it, you know. <laughs> and, and and there was just no, uh, we were not provided with any guide. And I think the reason we were not provided with any guide is because the previous generations thought that the guides they were given were kind of too restricting and too hmm. kind of like sexist maybe or too like, you know, um, uh, to to one size fits all, so they're like, okay, we're not even going to try, um, and maybe that's caused problems that that need to be revisited. It raises some interesting questions, not not <laughs> okay. ones that we're going to solve tonight, though. <laughs> well, so so we'll uh, we'll stop it there um, because there's a lot to think about, and uh, I think our our audience is going to uh, come at us with uh, with some interesting uh, uh, points and questions that that we can answer later. Uh, localmaxradio at gmail.com or join our locals maximum uh, dot locals dot com if you want to weigh in Aaron um, thanks for coming on today think you want to do a, a year end show for the new year yeah we'll, we'll have to figure out what to uh, what to focus that on but uh, let's let's plan to do that all right awesome have a great week everyone that's the show to support the local maximum Sign up for exclusive content and their online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.